0: Good morning. So, you're about to head into the next uh, seven days, which are going to be full of all kinds of details. You've got lists that you've got made, you've got meals to prepare, you've got destinations to go to, you've got lots of expectations, you've got presents, wrapping, uh, traffic, lots and lots of details. And so, uh, for some of you, a few of you, you're like, I said that and you got so excited. You love details. You love them. Like, that's awesome. For others of you, you're like, it's so heavy. Oh, that's so hard. There's so much going on. And there's a good chance that the person you're married to is the opposite in terms of how they interact with details that you do. And so today, what we want to do, we want to continue our series, We're we're finding joy um, we found joy in God's timing. Today, I want to find joy in the details of the Christmas story. And so, we're going to jump right into the Christmas story and, and begin to work through. And we're really looking for the answer to this question How do you, how do you really find joy in the details at Christmas time? And so, the, the story begins. I'm going to go back and forth between Matthew and Luke. Uh, the story begins with the angel coming to Mary and declaring, you, you, You're favored. And uh, you're going to have a son that is is from the throne of David. And uh, she says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, excuse me, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who, said, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. This is her response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now we're going to go back to Matthew and kind of the, the side of Joseph. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then Joseph woke up. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. It goes going back to Luke. Um, They had, uh, because of the census, they were headed to Bethlehem. It says, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. A little bit later, it says, she wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. And he goes on to say that the peace, the <clears throat> excuse me, that this Savior is going to bring peace to the world. Then a few uh, week or a week or so later, they they come to the purification. That's when, as a Jewish boy, you take your firstborn son and you pledge them to God and it says and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves and two young pigeons is what they sacrificed and Then a little later in the story it says magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star? when it was when it rose and have come to worship him joy in the details. So this is uh, what I want to do. I want to talk to you a little bit about joy, about that tie- how that ties into values and details. And then I want to sh- share some details from the story. And as we share the details from the story, I want you not to look at the story from the outside, but I want you to begin to be able to go, wow, what, what would that have been like? What were they going through? Mary and Joseph, what were they going through when all of this was, was happening and going on? And what can we learn about God in, the, in, the, in those details? So joy is, uh, and you've all experienced this, joy, I heard this illustration the other day, I thought it was really good. Joy is when someone looks at you with delight, and then you look back at them with jo- Delight it expands the joy. Joy is, in the Old Testament, it talks about the apple of your eye. It talks about God looking at people with delight. He's the center of your eye. And you know this because you've experienced this. You experienced this when your parents were growing up. And you would bounded the room and your parents would look at you with delight it brings joy to you. You're connected to them. There's an attachment that takes place. And with that attachment, when there's delight between the two of you, it brings great joy. You remember this when you were dating. When you, when you, when you begin to na- take notice of somebody and you, you, you begin to talk and you begin to connect. You begin to connect emotionally. You begin to connect spiritually and then you're doing something, and they walk in the room, and you see them out of the corner of your eye, and you look over at them, and they look at you as if you're, you're amazing and, and, and the most important person in the room. And you look back at them the same way. What happens? Whew. Joy. You experience that joy. For a man, at any time, for a man that his woman walks up to him, puts her hand on his arm, or, and goes... You are so strong. His joy meter just goes, boom, 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 and then she looks, he looks back at her and goes, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. The joy just goes, boom, boom, boom. What's happening? You're connected, right? You're connected, and you're delighting in each other. Well, the ultimate for a human being is to know that God delights in you. The ultimate for a human being is to know that you're connected to God. People are searching for it all over, and and they find things bigger than themselves, and they connect to those things, and they think, I found joy, I found joy. But nothing is eternal except God. It's, It's incredible what happens to your soul when you're able to attach to God, connect to God, and know you have a delightful relationship with each other. Now, happiness and joy feel very much similar. They feel very similar. In any given moment, it's hard to tell the difference between joy and happiness. But happiness is caused by circumstances. Happiness is caused because I got what I wanted. Christmas. Christmas, that little guy is waiting to get what he wants. He's waiting to get what he wants. And he opens that up, and it's what he wants. And he is so happy for a total of 7 minutes 30 seconds. Right? Until his sister reaches over and pushes it over, or somebody says mine, or who knows what happens. You're so. What happened? We were so happy. Because it was, it was a circumstance. The circumstance was what I wanted it to be. Matter of fact, for many of you, you right now have a dream for Christmas, and your dream is that all of the details line up, and if all of the details line up, it is going to produce great happiness. You're going to be so happy. Now, the next little uh, piece I have there is called Values, Details, and Your Reaction. So you have values. You have things that are important to you, things that you You want to see happen. And today, we're going to work off the fact that you have good values. We're not going to work about whether or not you have the right values or not. We're going to work off the fact you have good values. And your life works this simple. I have this value. This is what I want to see happen in my family's life this Christmas. This is what I value. I want togetherness. I want happiness. I want joy. Those of you who are great gift givers, oh my goodness, you... For some of you, you start in like September, right? You're looking, you're looking, you're looking. And you can, you, you, you've got this, this value that you want the person to get exactly what they'd love to give. If you can surprise them, oh, 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 all the better. You really get excited about that. The value's not wrong. And then you've got details. And you need this detail and this detail and this detail to happen. And if you can get all of those details to line up, you're like, ah, the value would come true. But that's not actually how life works. This is how life works. You have the value, you have details, and sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes, all the details work out. Most of the time, they don't. And what I've, you know what I've observed? Those of us who love details, those of you who love details, what I've observed, as soon as they all work out, you have a whole other list of details. You're ready to go after, right? I do the same thing, I just, I do it in a different way. See, after you have the value, you put the details in place, and you think the joy is going to come from the details. It's actually your reaction to the details that creates the value. It's either going to destroy that value or it's going to build that value. It's either going to build that value or it's going to destroy it. What do I mean? Let's, uh, let's go back to the dating idea. So young man falls in love with this uh, young lady. He's, I love you, I love you, I love you. He's put it on cards. He, he sends her really sweet flowers. He does all kinds of ways to say, I love you. Uh, all the other girls are jealous because this guy is so romantic. He just sends all these things. It's just amazing. I love you, I love you, I love you. That's the value, right? So then he goes, I'm going to take it over the top. I'm going to take it over the top. And so he he, gets a, he rents a, uh, a limo to go pick her up for this special night. And he gets a reservation at a, at a very expensive restaurant where you have to prepay uh, to be able to get in. It's so exclusive. It's such an incredible restaurant. And then he's got this really cool walk through the park that, the thing that they're going to do afterwards. It's just, it's just going to be an amazing thing. He's got all of the details worked out. He's, so, he's giddy. He's so excited about this. This is going to be awesome. And the night comes. And she takes about 45 minutes longer to get ready than she said she would. So the limo company calls and says, listen, uh, we were supposed to do here from this to this time. She's missed it. We have to go. So you've got to go pick her up. And you go pick her up, and you pick her up, and she bounces down there like she wasn't late at all, and gets into the car, and you go to the restaurant, and the restaurant goes, uh, you, you missed your reservation. Sorry. See, at that point, you have an opportunity to react to the detail. If you react to the detail with the value, you can build it. If you react with actual love, joy toward that person, you stay connected, you continue to be delighted, you build joy, you build love. But if you're furious, what do you do? You detach and you blame. You detach. You're no longer connected and you're no longer delighted. You're disappointed. It's sometimes as simple as a sigh. And she says, what's the matter? Nothing. Did I do something wrong? I don't want to talk about it. What are you doing? You're destroying the very love that you said was your value. So I want to take a look at the values that God shows and how these people interact with it as we work through these stories. I want to take a look at some details of this story. Number one is this. Mary and Joseph had an arranged marriage. So back at that time, you didn't date. You didn't uh, go out with each other and decide, uh, one, two, three, I'll take that one. That's not what you did your parents decided. They got together and said, hey, I think I want my daughter to marry your son. And they go, oh, really? Because I'd like my son to marry your daughter. And so it's prearranged. It's not romantic. They didn't, they didn't fall in love and then move forward from there. First detail. Second detail, they were both teenagers or very close. So the time that you got betrothed, and because we can know this pretty pretty confidently because uh, it wasn't romantic. The the individuals didn't decide, oh, I think I'm We hear this all the time, right? Do you think you're old enough? Do you think you're ready to get married? Right? That didn't exist. It was, here's the time, we put it together, and away we go. So she was 14 to 16 years old. He was somewhere between 17 and 20 years old. Uh, Jaden Richardson, Just turned 18, I think it was yesterday. If it wasn't yesterday, it was the day before. Jaden, happy birthday, that's awesome. Any of you who know Jaden, you can go, oh, he was that age? Yeah. Any of you who know an 18-year-old, he's that age. Mary was a teenage mom. It's interesting, right? Because teenage mom is like a, it's a negative in our culture. Oh, she was a teenage mom. Mary, this this was God's, plan to change the world. He chose a couple of teenagers. His values may be different than our values. What do you think that was like for Mary? Now, we look at it from our perspective, the Christmas story, oh, so cute, couple, baby. But actually, it was a scandal. It was a huge scandal. One that she could not explain. Joseph showed his character when he was tested. The character of Joseph it's really interesting, because here's someone who he's going through his life. He's been, his parents have picked him to be married to somebody else, and it says they were betrothed, which uh, we often equate with engagement. What, when we get engaged today, when you get engaged and you say, "Yes, I will marry someone." And three weeks later you say, "Ah, oh, we broke off the engagement. We decided not to get married. You, you don't get a divorce. Back in their time, once you were betrothed, if you were to have sex with somebody else, it was adultery. Adultery. And you could be stoned for that. It not only would have been within his rights, people would have expected that Joseph would have said, we need to stone her. Later on in the New Testament, there is someone who's caught at adultery, and there's a group that gathers around that woman and wants to stone her, and Jesus comes and stops it. It would have been expected that he would have done that. What did it say about him? It said that he thought, listen, I want to do what the law says. I want to do what's right. But I do not want to shame her. Think about that detail. Many, many times when people break our details, we shame them. Many times when people have different values than we do and they have different details in the it, Oftentimes we get the same values but we have totally different details how we want to accomplish that, right? Let's have a great Christmas one of you is like yeah Let's not think about it till Christmas morning get up and have a great time. It's gonna be awesome And others of you are the opposite, right? No, let's think about it forever When those when those details don't line up, what do we do? We shame the other person. We detach and we shame. He he did the exact exact opposite. Here he is, 18 years old. He's like, no. I want to do as best as I can. I want to do what's good for her. Jesus was born poor. And his parents were poor. God values something different than what the world values. God values something different than what we're naturally attracted to value. We love winners. We love winners. We want to be associated with winners. All of our advertisement is built on this idea. This company is the best. They're the fastest growing. They're the greatest. Those are winners? I want to be with the winner. That value was not on the table. The exact opposite of what God valued. How do we know they were poor? One, they couldn't find room when they came to Bethlehem. But number two, you may have wondered why did you read the thing about the sacrifice of the pigeons and the doves? Well, in the Old Testament, when you do that, that uh, sacrifice, you're supposed to sacrifice a ram and the best of the flock. It's expensive. It, but the Bible says, but if you're poor, you can't afford it, then pigeons and doves. Pigeons and doves, they just went and caught. They didn't raise them in the sense that way we, we do now. There they they was were something they caught. The very, very poor would be able to do that. That was Mary and Joseph. Think about that. Think about God's values. When you think about our Christmas and delighting in each other and delighting in Christmas, The value that God had tends to be different than our culture, our world. The next is that the first to be told about Jesus were the lowest of society. The shepherds were the lowest of society. The shepherd's job was to go live with sheep. Like you literally went, stayed all night, and you lived with sheep. And they were dirty, at least on the outside. I've lived with sheep before. You cannot do that, not get dirty. You can't do it. But in this culture, it really was the lowest job. Now, think about that value. God is going to change the world. He is going to impact the world. He is going to save sinners. And who does he tell first? Does he tell the winner? Does he tell the politician? Does he tell the successful? Nope. He tells the lowest. It's it's what he values. I don't know if you've thought about this one. Mary and Joseph lived with a bad reputation. So Jesus was born. He doesn't start his ministry for 30 years. For 30 years, Joseph is known as the guy who his wife cheated on him before they consummated their marriage. That's who he's known as. Mary is known as the adulteress. Their entire lives, they had a bad reputation. There was shame to their name. And they had a terrific secret. Can you imagine that? You have this bad reputation all these people think this of you, but you know something you can't tell them They knew and believed God That Jesus was the Messiah What a life The last two aren't connected to the first seven in other words, they're connected, but it's in a different direction He says this quite a few times in the in the passage He talks about keeping the promise so that that God's word, he's not a liar, so that God's word would come true. See, Jesus was born in the same town as David, the King David. King David was born in Bethlehem as well. It It was a tiny, kind of an unknown town, but King David and King Jesus were both born in Bethlehem. And Jesus was honored as a king by wise men. Now, the king part is the fact that you're watching this play out. You watch this play out and you see the values that God has. And he doesn't care about stuff. He doesn't care about reputation. Not even, like, well, he doesn't care about, like, you know, reputation in terms of success. But certainly he cares about their reputation as far as sin He actually didn't. Jesus grew up in a home where his parents, falsely so, but they had a terrible reputation. Isn't that amazing? But he was the king. God does not connect being the king with success, not with earthly success. God does not connect The king with earthly success. He was able to be poor and grow up the king at the same time. Joy in the details. So, if you if you want the joy to come from the details, you're going to be disappointed. If you want to find joy in the details. Amazing things can happen for you this Christmas. Four things I want to ask you to do. One, value each other, not stuff. Value each other, not stuff. Jesus did, came in a time, he came in a way that he did not value stuff at all. There's nothing you can point to in his birth that goes, ah, he really cared about stuff. Not at all, but he wanted to connect, Emmanuel. He wanted to connect with you, with us. So you're going to have an opportunity to do that with your time and your money and your pleasure. This is what I ask you to do, right? The size, the rolling of your eyes, however you communicate frustration, right? However you communicate frustration, when the details hit, trade in communicating frustration and disappointment with delight with the people around you. Find joy in the details, not from the details. Number two. Value hearts, not success. Value hearts, not success. You have details. You got your plan for what success is going to be like this this Christmas. You got it all laid out. Hasn't worked the last three Christmases, but this year, it's going to work. You're going to do it. It's going to happen. You know what stress is? You know where stress comes from? Stress comes from the fear that your details are not going to work out. That's what they come from. Why are you so stressed? Because i got a great plan, and I'm afraid it's not going to work out." Value people's hearts. Value their heart, communicate delight to them in the midst of the details. Accept people for who they are. The person you're married to does not interact with details the way you do. You've been married for 33 years. It's time to start accepting each other. It's time to go, you know what? That is who they are. That really is who they are. Why? Because we see in the story, Jesus, or God as he sent Jesus, right? Worldly success was not on his radar. Didn't care about it one Number three, value believing God's promises. Value believing God's promises. When you are frustrated with details, when the details distill your joy, when the details, ah, at that moment, the problem is not the other person. It's not the traffic. It's not the uh, supply chain, big problem we have with all supply chain. That is not the problem. It's not. It's that you've stopped believing God's promise. You've stopped believing. Wait a minute. God has promised me through Jesus Christ that he's delighted with me. And I want to be able to look back at him with delight with him. You've you've stopped believing his promise. The Bible says, seek my kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. It literally means seek God, his delight, delight with him, And all the details, God's going to take care of those details. It really is his promise. But the joy comes from that connection, from believing those promises. And lastly, value keeping your promise. Value keeping your promise. Men, you promised her that you would love her no matter what the circumstances are. You promised you would love her regardless of the details keep your promise ladies you promised him you promised him you would follow him wherever he leads you no matter what you are going to follow him you're going to he you are going to be his girl keep your promise no matter what the details no matter what happens keep your promise you promised your kids you promised god You would raise your kids God's way. Can you see it? Can you see it as Christmas plays out? That you have this value, that you want to raise your kids God's way. You want to love your friends God's way. You want to love your spouse God's way. And here comes the details. The details aren't really the issue. The issue is how do you respond to those details? And you've got a super opportunity It's coming, a super opportunity to respond with grace and patience, delight and joy toward the people that you love. Don't miss that this Christmas so you can experience that joy and that delight. We're going to take a look at a a video. The video is a shepherd. And I want you to kind kind of pretend you're the shepherd. Pretend this Christmas, all you have is what he has, a dirty fleece, a fire. Which, by the way, for most of history, that's all human beings have had. That's it. That really is all they had. If that's all you had, could you experience joy? And maybe listen to where he found joy and consider you accepting that as well.
1: When I was a kid, there was this one day I was troubled about something. I don't even remember what it was. My father noticed and um, he comes over to me and he places his hands on my head. And he says, Shalom son, do you know what that means? Yes, I nodded, I said I meant peace. Then my daddy, he, uh, he knelt beside me, and he took my face in his big calloused shepherd's hands. and He said, yes, peace, but more. And then he put a finger on my heart, and he said, shalom, God's highest and most complete good be upon you. That is my prayer for you, my son. He left his staff with me, and I've looked for it, what he mentioned, shalom, all these years. When the angels came, There was no hint of wind, no clouds, just stars, so many stars. He showed himself to us, (laughs) suddenly. And there was an angel brighter than stars who spoke and said, do not be afraid. I have good news, your savior has Savior has been born and he lies in a manger and then quiet as if the whole world is waiting to breathe. A Savior, God's highest. Most greatest good for us for me. And then suddenly, multitudes of angels shattered, shattered the silence, saying, Glory, glory, glory. God is on earth. is peace on earth. My father's prayers I've seen, finally. Shalom.
0: doesn't come from the details. Joy doesn't come from the circumstances. Joy comes from the connection. It comes from knowing that you are at peace with God and God is at peace with you. And Jesus came to overcome the barrier that keeps you from having peace with Him. And Him having peace with you is sin. It's pride, selfishness, it's the love of stuff. It's the idol worship that somehow something on this earth, one of the details, one of these details, or a, a combination of these details could give you life. It could give you joy. And so what Jesus did is he came and he went to the cross and he took all of your sin and all of my sin and it was put upon him the Bible says he actually became our sin and then he paid the penalty of death so that 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 sin is paid for and then he comes to you and he comes to me and he says I wanna forgive you of your sin I want to restore our relationship so there is nothing between you and I and so from this point on whenever I look at you I look at you with delight Would you believe me? Would you follow me? Would you accept this? If you're here this morning, then while we pray this next prayer, you just get to enjoy the delight that God has with you. You get to enjoy the joy that already exists. But maybe you're here this morning, you've never done that. You've lived your life with Christ, trying to get the details right, trying to be good enough trying to say the right things, pray the right things, but you could could never get rid of the sin. Jesus is offering you a new life. He's offering to wipe away the sin this morning. If you'd like to take that step, prayer this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I can see clearly you don't value what the world values. But from what I understand that the Bible says, you value a connection with me. That you want to take away my sin. You want to wash away my sin. You want to forgive me of my sin. And that you're asking me to confess it. And so I do. I I am full of pride. I am full of selfishness. I can't get rid of it. And Jesus, I don't have anything to give you, but from what I understand, if I ask you, you'll forgive me. And so I'm asking, forgive me. And from what Pastor Chris said, and what the Bible says, you'll wash away all my sin and you'll be at peace with me. You'll be delighted in me. I accept that. I I beg for it. Lord Jesus, I can't make you promises about what I will do in the future, other than this one thing. My faith is in you. I want to trust you for my eternity. I want to trust you for joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I can look you in the eye with delight. In your name we pray. Amen.